Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, John, Happy New Year. Yeah. Everybody out there, it's yeah, almost. Almost uh, the eve. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I speak for all of America when I say... Good riddance. Yes. I <laughs> I haven't stayed up for every New Year's Eve my entire life, but I'm staying up for this one to make sure 2020 is gone. Just to, just to kiss it goodbye. That's right, to say goodbye. You know, I've actually DVR'd the uh, ball drop in the past, and I've woken up the next morning, and, you know, in, a, in Play, two minutes yeah. I have the same effect. Yeah. You know, there you kind go. Of sort of, there you go. You know, That's I'm right. Nice That's right. So. Well, yeah, this is one we'll certainly look forward to. <laughs> mm. Getting behind us, and and we got the uh, big football games coming up. Uh, the the two championship yeah. games coming yeah, up. Yeah, that's um, right. Uh, New Year's Day. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, it's for ex- us. exciting. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's gonna be Alabama and Clemson in the finals again. That's kind of I the don't way know. It, you know. I don't know. You never know. But uh, hey, you know, it's exciting. At least we got something to look forward to. That's right. And we got the new year. That's the big thing. I mean, mm. thank. Goodness, we have a uh, a new year to look after. And the vaccines here. are out there being, uh, you know, I, I know people now that are that have been injected. Yeah, I mean, you know, exactly. Yeah, nursing friends home. and family and yeah. in, uh, in the medical community. So yeah, that's exciting. It really is, really is. Yeah, and we have a great show to talk about here. We have the five ways to crush your financial goals crush. in. 2021 exactly you know things to help you make sure you get on the right track right out the bat and get your financial goals online so we're going to talk about those and we're going to follow it up you know talking about um uh i don't know and the pe- a lot of people out there just in survival mode yeah there are you know it's been a, it's been a weird um you know economy i mean there's some industries that are thriving i mean you look at uh gosh you can't you can't buy a bicycle any right. outdoor activity right. you know there's in, but there's some industries and people that are just still in survival mode. So we're going to talk about exactly. kind of what that looks like and some things. If you're in survival mode or you know someone that's that's there, some items and things that you can do to help you get through this. Yeah, exactly. That'll be an important topic. By the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 25 years experience of providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey certified counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 28 years. We're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to the podcast. You can, gosh, you can listen to all, you know, a couple hundred now, right? Yeah, I have a, I have a, uh, a guy that, that came and told me it. he went through all of them. Wow. Yeah, he, he knows brought, a lot now. He brought me a little Christmas gift. We should have him. On, we should have him as a guest. Yeah, it's you know he's the only person I've ever heard of that went back through all of our shows. <laughs> I mean, we've been doing that's this, awesome. folks, since 2011. So there yeah. were a lot of shows out yeah, there. That's right. But there's a lot of information out there. I mean, ten year so, anniversary. Exactly. Man, that's yeah. impressive. That's, that's coming right time. up. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. There you go. Yeah. All right. Um, and do email us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. You can just link to us there on our website, moneymd.net. Um, but we're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from the College Board. And, uh, Steve, this is a, a big number here. The cost of tuition, fees, room and board at an average public four-year college um, for the 2021 20, uh, school year is about $22,000. And, and we, okay. we see that. Clemson, Carolina, Georgia, I mean, they're in the twenty to 25000 In that range, yeah. yeah. Four years, that's hundred grand. Most Students are not going in four years. They're going in five years is, is more exactly. the average. So, boy, if you got kids, grandkids out there, 529 plans, ESAs, there's a lot of different ways to save, but do try to save if you can. 
Yeah, don't count on that debt forgiveness plan that's been floated out there. You know, um, it's probably not going to happen. I mean, you need to be careful uh, about what you, you know, how much debt you take on for college and just make sure that you get an effective education. And, you know, nothing wrong with going two years locally. Yeah, um, right. You know, there's lots of ways to to really save a lot of money. You know, you can you can go online for, you know, a couple of years, mm-hmm. um, even get a full on, you know, online education to save some money. So just, just be, be careful about that. But yeah, it's, it's expensive, you know, a quarter of a hundred thousand dollars. So four years, hundred thousand yeah, dollars pretty much. Big so number. Sure is. So good fact of the week. And that leads us up here to our first topic. And that is five ways to crush your financial goals in 2021, John. Um, yeah, this is a, a based on an article out of us news. Um, and John, but you know, achieving your goals in the year, it's, it's kind of like, you know, every other goal that you put in front of yourself. I mean, it's it's probably going to be difficult if it's a good goal to have, right? And the goals are, are difficult, mm-hmm. you know, on purpose. And uh, But you can greatly increase your chances if you set yourself up for success. And that's really the key um, that we're going to talk about. But, I mean, take your new diet plan, for example, here in the new year. I mean, there are lots of ways to lose weight, right? But it's it's hard and it takes a lot of discipline and that's why most people don't lose weight and why the same is true with your financial goals. But we know that there are some things you can do that greatly increase your odds of reaching any goal, including losing weight. Mm-hmm. And that's true of your financial goals as well. Yeah, that's right. So we, we obviously know, you know, if you're trying to lose weight, getting rid of the, the snacks and the fattening food in your house, you're going to have a better chance of hitting that. Um, and uh, for me, a couple of years ago, we had a... Uh, group of guys that were trying to lose weight and so we had a little uh, wager on a very small there you go. accountability is what that is that's yeah. right and competition right there's nothing yeah, there's right. nothing like competition but having that goal in front of you is is so important and if you position yourself for success then you know you'll have a higher probability of reaching that target so you know the same principles apply to financial goals as well that if you set your default for success then you're going to have a better chance of making it happen and uh, it'll it'll come a lot easier so you got to you got to get those goals and write them down. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we all have financial dreams, you know. Um and we'd like to be maybe completely free of debt and maybe retire early. Um but we'd like to to build our dream home maybe and pay for our kids college education at the top school. You know, maybe you'd like to open your own business. The challenging part is transforming those financial dreams into financial goals and then actually achieving them. Mhm. And, of course, you know, I mean, taking something so enormous and nebulous and then turn it into that that achievable goal um, is is difficult. It's hard. Um, but there are some ways to make it easier and less painful, as you just alluded to. And so regardless of your specific goal, here are five steps that can help you drastically increase your chances for success at reaching your goals. Yeah, the first one is is create a detailed but flexible plan. So you've got to figure out, you know, how you're going to get from where you are today to where you want to be. And you've got to have a time frame and you've also got to ha- understand what's going to take like each month. You maybe even break it down to weekly or even daily type goals to achieve that. And when you have clear answers to each one of those, it builds up and helps you achieve that. And at the same time, you've got to allow for some flexibility. I think 2020, the pandemic, 
uh, change people's plans. And we don't know what 2021 holds, but right. having some flexibility uh, in that plan is going to be important. Right. So you're not totally derailed by the first thing that comes up, you know, because life can throw a major curveball at you um, that might up in your goal. But, you know, many goals aren't actually ended by by the minor they're actually ended by minor issues that really shouldn't have ended the goal. Um, you know, your entire plan shouldn't fall apart, you know, if you struggle to make one step of your plan. So instead, you know, your plan needs to have some wiggle room for you to account for the, the curveballs that are going to come at you in life. Um, so let's say your goal is to retire early, you know, with enough to live comfortably. Um, well, you need to specify what that means, right? So maybe age 60 with $100,000 of income, would be a good way to break that down. Um, but it's also important for you to break it down even further and to define where the income is going to come from. So maybe maybe it's 50000 from your pension, maybe another 50000 from your investments until your Social Security kicks in at age 62. Um, so having enough detail and some flexibility is a key ingredient to, to reach your success um, with reaching your goals. That's really important. Step two, though, John, is to add a healthy dose of reality to your goal and to break it down into bite-sized portions. Um, so how do you add that kind of reality? Well, the best thing you can do is to make sure your plan is attainable with the specific steps. I mean, quite often people establish savings goals and other goals that are simply outside the realm of what can be can be reasonably achieved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a person who lives paycheck to paycheck isn't suddenly going to be debt free in a year, um, but they can get started. So that's the point. You got to get on a path to, to, to reach your goals. Yeah. You also have to have to make sure it's realistic. I mean, if your goal is to be out of debt in five years, can you realistically come up with one sixtieth of that amount this month? And if you have, you know, three credit cards that you're trying to pay off, you, you have to figure out how long it will be to take, uh, you know, pay off the smallest one by focusing on it and uh, make that your first target and then add that payment to the next one, biggest balance, and figure out how long it's going to take for that one to be paid off. And then you can finally do the third one to see, you know, are you able to do it short term? Because if you're able to do this short term, then it will add up and be more realistic from a long term perspective. Yeah, that's right. And you've kind of alluded to our next uh, our next key here to, to reaching these goals, and that is set small milestones. Um, in fact, you know, focusing on shorter time frames is a powerful way to achieve a financial goal. So let's say your goal is to save $50,000 for seed money for a business, for example. So rather than setting such a large number, you know, as your goal after, say, five years, break it down into smaller milestones, you know. So your goal might be to save $10,000 this year. Um, so your goal would be to save $800 this month. Mm-hmm. And maybe that you could break that down all the way into the, you know, a week and yep. say $175 this week. Um, so that's what you have to do. So when you break down your goal into smaller pieces with milestones, the day-to-day actions you need to take to achieve those goals, goals become a lot clearer. Um, it's easy to figure out how to save $175 this week, or it's a lot easier than it is to save $50,000 over the next five years. So you want to break it down into bite-sized pieces that you can really attach a very meaningful and short-term goal to. Um, next one here, though, is to automate it, John, because once you have your goals broken down into small milestones, if you can automate the entire plan, that that sets you up a, with a lot better chance of reaching those goals. 
Um, so set it up, you know, for automatic savings transfer, maybe from your bank account to transfer that $175 a week to your savings account. Um, doing that serves two purposes. First, it kind of locks you into a plan that moves you forward toward that goal without having to make an active decision along the way every time. And then secondly, it puts you in a position to where you will focus on dealing with how to live after making room for your goal, not trying to decide whether or not you can make room for it. Um, So it forces you into action. Um, You know, I think this is one of the most powerful tools you can use because just like, you know, sticking to a diet plan by having maybe prepackaged meals, um, you know, what you're doing is you're setting your, you're saving, you're, you're, you're making saving money the default. Mm -hmm. And then your chances are going to, are going to be that you're going to stick to that savings plan um, a lot better. And better yet, I mean, set up automatic increases each year into your 401k so that it increases by 1% each year that you get a pay increase. You know, that's, that's the kind of automatic, you know, default for success that you want to have built into your plan. Helps you crush your goals. Exactly. I mean, you increase it by a percent a year and then, you know, seven, eight years later, you're at, you know, 15%. Exactly. That's what you need to do. So. Exactly. And the uh, last one here is keep it out of easy reach. And what that, what we're talking about there is, you know, once your savings begins and you start building up cash, it can be very tempting to tap into that. Um, but there should be uh, really hard to access this. You don't want to make it easy when you have an impulsive, impulsive, uh, you know, decision um, that you go and you're able to get it out through an ATM card. So you got to make it hard to get access to this. Um, you want it to be liquid, obviously, but you know, it, if it's if you can access it with an ATM, you know, it may be at the whim of hey. I want to go out and have a good weekend or whatever, or go to Vegas or, you know, so yeah. you got to be careful with that. Yeah, you don't want to be able to just pull it up on your iPhone and move money, you yeah. know, and access your money that way, your long-term savings money. So so instead, you know, save your money in a remote financial institution maybe or in an investment account with an advisor. Um, the decision of whether or not to, to use a savings account in a bank or an investment account through an advisor is up to you, but your savings – for that goal shouldn't sit in a place where you can just grab it at a whim, you know? Um, I mean, that's what your emergency fund is for. Um, so having accountability with an advisor can help. Um, heard lots of clients say that they don't take money out of their accounts because they're maybe embarrassed to call or mess up their plan that we've set up for them. Um, so accountability is a huge factor. So if you can bring somebody else into a picture like that you to help you reach your goal. You don't scare them, do you? Uh, you know, not much. I do have that sword in my office, though, John. <laughs> yeah, you know, that is that is intimidating. They look at that and they say, ooh, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't ask for money out of my yeah, account. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but taken together, you know, if you can put these steps into practice, then you're going to have a lot better chance of reaching your goals in 2021 and crush those goals that you have set up for you. So, um, you know, that's the key is putting yourself, setting yourself up for success and defaulting to success in 2021. So stick to these these plans and uh, you have a lot better chance yeah. of, of reaching your dreams. Good. Good discussion. All right. And that leads us up here to our next item. And that is the question of the week. So if I retire before the age of 65, what are my options for medical coverage? And that's mm. a great question. Oh, that's we, a real good question. <clears throat> we have people, um, you know, retiring you know, uh, well before 65 now. Some of them are in their 50s, right? And, and most companies don't give you medical after you retire. They don't. They don't. So you really have to have this one resolved before you can retire. Because if you don't, 
you know, you don't have a plan. It can be two grand a month. Very, very easy. So it can, it can. I, I will say that there are some folks that have saved in a, in a brokerage account, uh, or maybe they have Roth money that when they pull money out, it doesn't show as income. Right. They can on the, uh, affordable, uh, care act, they yeah, can qualify website. for a stipend on the marketplace. Yeah, and it's very, very reasonable. So that's a good solution. Yeah. If you can get your growth, your gross income, but your adjusted gross income for a married couple, Blow about $65,000 a year, yeah. then you qualify currently for the stipend on the, uh, Makes on, the on the marketplace. That's right. Very reasonable. You know, five $600 a month maybe for a, a medical plan if you can get your income below that. And if you have Roth money, mm-hmm. like you said, if you're taking money out of places that aren't taxable – then, then that that doesn't count as income That's toward right. that. So yeah, that now they count. now they look at the previous year's income. So you probably the first year you get out, you're not going to qualify. Yeah, because they're be. looking at the year before you retired. Yeah. So, uh, but maybe one year into it. So that's an option. There's MediShare. Um, there are plans like that that are that are kind of a uh, a sharing plan. Mm-hmm. Um, that that can help you cover medical costs. I've seen folks do that. Um. So, and then of course there's some, some plans that are just catastrophic type plans you can buy that are, that are reasonable. You know, the key is you got to get to 65 so you qualify for Medicare. Um, So yeah, if you retire early, that's a big part of the plan. You know, you you got to think about that. So it's a great question. Um, You need to think about that well ahead of before you retire and have a, have a way to get medical coverage. Maybe your spouse still works. Maybe you can work part-time somewhere and qualify for their plan. Um, just consider all those things and have a have a strategy. That's right. So good question of the week. All right, and that leads up here to our next topic, and that is um, uh, how millions of Americans are in survival mode here coming into the new year. Yeah, and you got to be careful that, um, you know, decisions that you make during this time can, can make or break you. So, um it's an uh, interesting article and discussion. This is by Andrew Keshner. And, um, you know, Steve, the, the new year is normally a time to, to launch, you know, long-term financial goals like we were just talking about. But there's millions of Americans that are taking it one day at a time. And uh, more than one-third of people say they're in survival mode in twenty uh, going into 2021. And that's according to uh, Fidelity Investments, um, you know, annual study that they have looked at. And, and survival mode really entails... Um, being focused on day to day and trying to get yourself or your family through, you know, the next week, and um, that's that's yeah. a poll of more than three thousand people. But you know, a third of people are in survival mode. It's this pandemic has been uh, cruel to certain industries and certain individuals. Yeah, it's been remarkable how how there have been some winners and losers in this pandemic. You know, and I was just, I think I was just reading yesterday. Um, John, well, how you know there have been some businesses that have just boomed during this pandemic. Yeah, you know, yeah. obviously, um, you know, Amazon technology companies that it just happened to be on the right place, and it was just luck. They were in the right place to to really have their business just take off. You know, and if you work for one of those companies, then you're in great shape. But you know, obviously, there's a huge segment of the population that didn't work for one of those companies. They work for somebody like a restaurant mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. you know, entertainment industry. Oh, yeah. You know, or Broadway or, plays. Yeah, and Broadway plays <laughs> or hospitality, theaters. you know, yes, uh, right. hotels and things. So, I mean, there's a huge segment of people that did that. And those folks are struggling still. I mean, they're they're just in, like you said, survival mode. I mean, maybe they worked on a cruise line somewhere and you know, they're totally furloughed, right? Um, so, yeah, the older the participant, the more likely they feel that way, according to the study. 43% of baby boomers 
from age 56 to 74 said they'll enter 2021 in survival mode. Mm. Um, so, wow, getting up there almost half of them. And then there's uh, 34% of millennial age participants from 24 to 39 said that they're the same way, you know, just just struggling, just trying to survive day to day going into uh, the, the new year here. Uh, unfortunately, you know, our ability to see the big picture is severely limited we're in, we're, when we're in this kind of flight or fight type mode where we're just trying to survive. And so it, it, it takes away our ability to plan for the future. Yeah. You know, you're just trying, you're just focused on the next week. And uh, that's a bad place to be. Yeah, and this can lead to choices that seem to make sense, maybe in the heat of the moment, but have the potential to heart, you know, cause you significant harm in the long run. And I'll use an example, pulling out money from a 401k. I mean, that's usually a, a place that people go to, and that's a long-term um, detriment to your financial future. So you got to be really careful. But, you know, getting out of this survival mode really starts with trying to envision your life, what it'll look like from a year from now. So instead of being short-term focused, which we understand you got to get through the the moment, but also, you know, asking what changes need to happen in the future to make you feel more secure. So, um, you know, you, uh, you got to in, be encouraged and think about things that are relatively easy to accomplish short term and uh, get you moving in the right direction. And, and one small step um, is really starting to, to uh, build momentum for the future. You know, Dave Ramsey's organization is a great place to start if you're in survival mode. Yeah, I mean, exactly. they have a great plan. They have podcasts. They have a lot of books, a lot of resources out there. You know, if you're in survival mode, go look up DaveRamsey.com and get connected with that organization. Yeah, they have some really good advice for how to prioritize and, you know, what to do first and the kind of the steps to help you out of that situation <clears throat> obviously getting income is a big part of that you sure know? so uh yeah so but the question is who's in worse financial shape you know i mean going into this year um you know who is it that we're talking about here well it says over 29 percent of the people said they were in worse shape entering 2021 and that was up from 19 percent of people who told the same poll um last year coming into 2020 so it's up 10% from 19% to 29%. Those 10% of people really got hurt in this pandemic. Um, and nearly 23% of the participants in this poll said they either lost a job or household income during this, this past year. And 18% said they had to make an unplanned pitch for money from their family and friends. So they had to ask their friends for money. Yeah. Um, that's a tough position to be in. So yeah, there's a, that's a significant number of people here that are really hurting coming into the new year. Yeah. And overall about two thirds of, uh, surveyed Americans have had some type of 2020 financial setback and, um, 34% said their top financial worry was increasing cost on food and other necessities. So that's why the, the stimulus plan, I know it hurts the deficit and that, that's certainly scary as well, but short-term need, uh, there was a short-term need back in April and again now as well. So, um, you know, these findings add to the, the stack of polls and, and statistics indicating that nine months into the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, a quick recovery remains really elusive for, for many folks out there. Uh, for example, one quarter of the people felt that they were in a tough, tougher financial strait in September um, than in March, um, which is interesting. And the deterioration was more pronounced for minority uh, households with more than one-third of Latino participants saying they were in a worse state as well. So it's hit certain uh, groups different than others. Yeah, that's right. It really um, is, you know, it does hit certain groups a lot harder. Almost 30% of black households said they were backsliding, moving backwards. More than 40% 
of um, people under the poverty line uh, pre-pandemic said things were getting worse, um, according to the Urban Institute. And, uh, you know, so it's sort of that scraping by survival mode um, is something that predates the pandemic. This isn't something new. I mean, there's always a a significant segment of the population that are in that situation. And, of course, minorities, you know, certainly... Uh, or a bigger portion of it. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting. 19% came into 2020 feeling in worse condition. I mean, that was at the boom of the economy, right? Yeah, I mean, we had the lowest unemployment yeah. probably in, in 50 years back then. But certainly, you know, the recession that's that's hit us with the pandemic has hit the uh, the people hardest who were already struggling financially. And, you know, people may be going into survival mode because they're bracing for what's around the corner or actually what's not around the corner for now, and that's finding you know a job and getting income. So Fidelity's findings come when, when many crucial financial safeguards, uh, collection pauses and protections is supposed to go away. And um, this is a, a concern. And, you know, they're, um, they're talking about maybe having an extended freeze on student loan payment collections until the end of January. Um, but, you know, we don't know that the relief package, we talked about that last week, is uh, – was finally signed um, and is going through. And so uh, markets like that, obviously, but it's good for individuals to get some additional income coming in and also on those on unemployment as well. It'll help them also. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> that's right. Sometimes, you know, it's just getting some forward momentum that'll get you closer to, to getting out of that mode. Um, so if you're ca- if you're a cash strap person that's going into survival mode, what should you do to get to a better place? Um you know, we'll be okay with taking baby steps, like reaching out to a friend about a job prospect, you know, brushing up your your resume and um, committing to a personal budget um, on paper. Um, you know, these are all things you can do just to take a little bit, a little baby step forward to help, you know, get you on the right path. Yeah. So, you know, if you call Dave Ramsey up on the on the phone, he's got a, you know, radio show three hours a day, five days a week. He'd basically tell you to get a thousand dollars in an emergency fund, so sell something, yep. right? Get that cushion as much as you can, and then if you if you don't have any money coming in, you can only do what you can do. So he calls it the four walls, making sure you have um, a place to live, so rent or mortgage. You got to have food, right? You've got to have utilities, right. um, and then you've also got to have um, you know transportation. Uh, typically, you know if you do are able to find a job. So everybody else is going to have to wait if you have credit card payments. Car payments, I mean, you, they're just going to have to wait in line. And you communicate to them and get things in writing. But, um, you know, go to the Dave Ramsey organization. Great place. A lot of resources on that uh, website. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he would also tell you, you know, to go get – got to get income, right? So go get income anywhere. You know, don't don't be so picky to just get your, your, mm-hmm. your perfect job that you're looking for to replace what you lost. Um, but, you know, I mean, go to Amazon, you know, I mean, deliver just, pizzas. just go start delivering pizzas, whatever it takes, deliver packages, do something as a stopgap measure to get some income coming in the household so that you can, you know, secure those four walls that John was talking about. And then you can build from there, you know, then you can update your resume and start looking for, you know, the real job that you want. Yep. But um, you got to just get something going, you know, and, and that just takes sometimes just takes a baby step to, yep, to start right. that process. Yep. All right. Good discussion, John. And that leads up here to our last thing. And that is the prescription of the week. Yeah. I mean, if 2020 <clears throat> didn't teach us anything, it's um, from a stock market perspective is bad news um, occurs 
uh, pretty much every year, right? Markets don't like certain things. And sure. if you go back and look at history, about every year the market drops by about 10%. Um, so, uh, known as a correction. And so make 2021, here's a prescription, make 2021 the year that you don't make emotional decisions about the stock market. I mean, history shows about 25% of the years are negative. That's what the data point is, but the market still has returned 10%, Steve, even with all those negative years built in there and, um, you know, stay diversified, focus on that plan. We don't know what 2021 holds. Hopefully the pandemic is behind us, but there'll be something new that's in front of us. And the news media will spin it up and scare you and so forth. But, uh, you know, planning wise, we build in negative years. It it is part of the process of investing. Just don't make emotional decisions. If you're working with us, call us. If you're working with another advisor, call them. Listen to Dave Ramsey. Listen to us. Just don't make emotional you know, decisions. It, it does not work out well typically. That's right. <clears throat> the people we see that get hurt the most um, during downturns are the ones that make those emotional decisions that sell out at the bottom or they try to time it somehow. They try to, you know, they try to, try to sell and then try to time the bottom and get back in. I mean, those are the folks that get hurt. You know, at the same time, during those downturns, you know, a disciplined process is usually rewarded, such as rebalance. Yeah, that's um, right. You know, what a great process that was last year when we had the big downturn. We did some rebalancing in March, and people that, you know, just stuck to that discipline process were greatly rewarded yep. as those <clears throat> as those stocks came back. And no know? one knew. I mean, I remember we used the process back in 2008 as well in October. Yeah, exactly. I did rebalancing and you know, it's just, it, you know, it's a, the playbook didn't change a lot during the pandemic from what we've seen historically. So chill out. 2021 is not going to be a perfect year. Um, but uh, just, you know, focus on that that long-term plan, diversification, and, and, and don't make decisions based on what you're seeing in the news media. Exactly. All right. Great prescription of the week. And that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net, and you can link to us there. Send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates, 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.